Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Rodriguez is going after it at all. And the both bench is empty. And the fight is on the field. And everybody's going to jump on everybody. Let's just knock it off here. That was an old-fashioned haymaker. Chili Davis had his hands on Lou Pinella's throat. Somebody knocked Popeye over. <laughs> Don's got the bad knees. And now... Cooler tempers are prevailing. There was a lot of volatility between the Yankees and the Seattle Mariners. When that brawl happened, you did see Jeter and A-Rod were kind of off to the side having a conversation. Alex Rodriguez and Jeter were out there kind of laughing and talking to each other after both teams separated. I wasn't next to Alex during the brawl. When we were walking off the field, that's when we, we crossed paths. And I'm pretty sure what Alex says, if we fight again, I'm coming after you. Joking around. Looks like uh, Derek Jeter and Chad Curtis are having some words because Chad Curtis obviously taking exception to that and saying, hey, man, we just got into a fight and you're out here talking with your buddy. First of all, Chad Curtis has issues with everybody, okay? It ain't the first issue I've had with Chad Curtis, right? It's the first one that people found out about. You know, Derek would play music in the clubhouse. He would play hip-hop, you know, all the time. And Chad didn't like that. And I, I just think he rubbed them the wrong way. This will be huge news in New York tomorrow. You know, after the game, you have a time frame, roughly 20, 30 minutes, before any members of the media come in. Now, if Chad Curtis had something to say to me, you could say it to me as soon as the game's over with. We never, as reporters, saw any of the internal conflicts. Derek is standing in front of his locker, and Chad walks up to him, and he says to him in so many words, I don't like what you did right there. And Chad Curtis says to me, actually, he said, I know you want to hit me. Go ahead and hit me. This is when the media is right here. So I'm like, man, let me get out of here. And I remember Derek looking at Chad and then looking at the group of us and then looking at Chad like, are you kidding me? Now, I'm not bashing Chad Curtis. That's what happened, okay? Uh, he would later apologize for how he handled the situation. I had no issue with Chad coming and want to talk about something. We can talk about anything you want to talk about, but we do it in private. You know, you don't wait for the media to come in so you can make it a big scene. That situation was an unnecessary distraction, especially in New York. Now the media is going to everybody in the locker room. Hey, what do you think about this? What did you hear? What do you think about that? Uh, and we don't need that. Not everybody's going to fight, you know? You're going to have people that are going to be messing around. And that's what happened. Derek is somebody who you can push. He'll let you get away with a couple of things. And then you'll do it one more time and he, he cuts you. And, that's, and you're done. That's it. And there's really no coming back. Derek had tremendous standing in that clubhouse. There was a suspicion after that year that part of the reason why the Yankees got rid of Chad Curtis and didn't bring him back was because of that confrontation. Like, you don't cross Derek. I had something to do. Yeah, Man, I would have gave myself an extension a long time before that if I had that much power. With the <laughs> there's, there's been teammates that I've played with before. Uh, you know, I don't have to be your best friend. You know, I, I don't have to go out to dinner with you and hang with you. You know what I mean? But when we're on the field, if you care about winning, I have zero problems with you. Derek Jeter, he does everything you'd like a ball player to do. There's Derek's parents, Charles and Dorothy. Derek, even when he was younger, had a core group of really good friends. He has people that he really, really trusts that are around for the right reasons. It's a great circle, it's intimate. It's people that's built with the same values, cut from the same cloth. You know, it's, it's hand-picked. Charles would always tell both our kids, in life, you have acquaintances, very few friends. Your friends are people that look out for your best interest, not gonna hurt you, always have eyes in your back, if you want to develop trust with anyone, you have to be honest. And um, I have trust problems. I have trust issues. I have issues trusting people, you know, from the get-go. Obviously, I'm not black. Obviously, I'm not biracial. But back then, Derek had to always watch his back. 
even growing up, I remember I had a good friend of mine that was in high school, and after I graduated from high school, I found out that he had mentioned that he doesn't like to see interracial marriages. And I'm like, this is somebody I hung out with. I trusted this person, you know? So that's just an example of, of it's been there for a while, but I think it's been magnified a little bit as, as my career developed over time. Rivalries in all of sports. The Red Sox and the Yankees meet for the first time in postseason history. The Yankees Red Sox rivalry was not really a rivalry for a long time. The Yankees pretty much owned the Red Sox, but certainly in terms of championships. Boston hates New York and vice versa. And Yankees Sox is the ultimate expression of that wonderful hate. I don't think any Yankee fan took the Red Sox seriously. I really don't. So when Nomar came up, there was a Red Sox star on the same page as Derek Jeter. There was going to be this rivalry, who was better, except one of them always won. You know, in 99, they were a problem. I mean, you got Pedro, you got Nomar, and every time you go into Boston, it's Nomar's better. I thought 99 was the World Series. I thought it was one of the best teams I had been a part of especially the way we competed against the Yankees over that year. And I think they knew it, too. As the first pitch brought into Valentin, ground ball left side. I thought, if we get through the Yankees, this is it. If we get to the World Series, we got this. That was my mentality. To the right side of base hit. They bring Brocious around third. Throw by Nixon to the plate is dropped. There's a difference between saying, is someone better than us compared to, hey, are we playing good enough to win? For the parents of Derek Jeter watching. And I think that's what's starting the, the change there. The 0-1. Swung on the drill deep to center field. Doing back Lewis. Still back. Looking up. Diga! A home run! Bernie Williams! What a dramatic finish here in the bottom of the 10th inning. And the Yankees win 4-3 I was kind of used to being around the fact that Boston would eventually choke. Behind the That's part of history. Hard hit down the right field line, curling into the corner, it's gone. Daryl Strawberry silences the crowd. We always felt like they would throw it away. Here's the pitch. Swing and a high ground ball off him and snaps it. Fires to Nomar. Low throw. Does he hold it? No. Everybody's safe. Here comes Tom Rock to score. Cheater goes in hard and actually kicks the ball toward left field. A grand slam for Ricky Ledet. And boy, did that quiet the Boston crowd. You know, Beck didn't give up that home run, though. It was the curse of the Bambino. Everything is the curse of the Bambino. I didn't truly believe they were just better than us that year. It wasn't to believe they were better. Sometimes you're like, man, we lost. Yeah, they were better. We, we didn't lose to the better team, but we just weren't good enough to win this series. That's what losers say. Every loser say we had a better team, but we didn't play as well. So, uh, sorry, Nomar, we had a better team, man. Cheater pounds one into center field, well hit. Back is Lewis at the wall. Absolutely crushed that ball. The one-two. Spencer toward the line is there. He makes the catch. Ball game over. American League Championship Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. You have any idea how fortunate you are? Yeah, you understand you can't take anything for granted. I mean, it's been part of five years I've been in the major leagues. We've been in the postseason all five years, but we've lost twice as well. So you understand you don't take these things for granted. Right now, we're, you know, we're playing with a great group of guys, and we've been hot for a few years. People say you're riding high in April, shot down in May. But we had something brewing here. We've had a historical run together, and we could add to it. Everybody was accountable. There was a trust factor there. It was their pitching. Williams chased ball four. 
you can say, well, you guys had pretty good pitching too. Of course we did. But they had the timely hitting along with the pitching. 36 pennant winners, 24 world champions, guys like Jeter, who know how to hit the situations, going to the opposite field. The Braves, that was a team that was full Hall of Famers. To me, it seemed like the Braves didn't belong on the same field. They were overmatched. The Yankees were getting used to this. This is what we do. We win rings. And the 1-1 one -one pitch. Hit home and by They got no shot. We knew that. Think of forking them, done. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, they have opportunity to come, and uh, it wasn't none of that stuff. We matched every starter. These Yankees are good finishers, and they just know how to play the game. And then our bullpen was also a solid. They can see the goal line now, and they're going to run for it. We had the mindset we were proving to people that we could do it again. You got to have something you have to reach for, and for us, it was to win back to back. successful franchise of the century. They beat us, obviously, and um, that's kind of hard for me to say that they beat us when I've been affiliated with that organization as well, and all of my friends are there. It becomes a bittersweet moment in this regards, too, where if you don't win the World Series, at least your friends win. One New Year's Eve, it was myself, Joe Williams, and Derek. And Derek was always playing tricks, trying to make you fall, and uh, it's just foolishness, man. He's the biggest clown. He loves to joke. We get out of the cab. He just says it to us. Hey, yo, guys, be careful, man. It's ice out here. I almost slipped earlier. So what happens? He slips, and he hits the ground. All we heard was, oh, God, because he was on his way down. Down goes Frazier. It was hysterical, man. He had ice and slush all on himself, and, you know, he's yelling at me, oh, this is your fault. It was, it was funny in nature, but he actually sustained an injury. And I don't want to talk about his body parts, but it was deformed. His belly button was deformed because he, <laughs> he had ruptured something, and it was like Mike couldn't stop laughing. And I love to laugh, so that didn't help. And then get back to the hotel. I had an umbilical hernia. My belly button popped out. True story. Pretty sure that story doesn't make this. <laughs> Desmond Howard. Here to see my college football collection. Impressive stuff, little man. Geico makes it easy to insure. My car and RV, too. Wow. Gloves from your famous catch. How'd you get those? Great smile. Is this from when the band ran on the field? Yep, 1982. Mmm. What is this? Oh, no, don't touch the, uh... Not oh. so fast, my friends! Not so fast, my friends! It'll turn off eventually. For all your insurance needs, from home to car to RV, it's easy to get go. Check this one out. Hey, it's Jillian. Are you already losing weight? Get paid for it like Jamica. Find your missing motivation like Preston and Randa. Pay for your vacation like Kathy. Lose weight and win big at HealthyWager.com. Internet without trackers. Without malware-ridden files. Zen. Be more Cyber Zen. Get NordVPN. Old mattress keeping you up and letting you down? Nectar's Labor Day sale is delivering our sweetest deal ever right to your door. So you can try out an award-winning Nectar mattress in your home today. That's right. Sleep on it. Risk-free for a full year with Nectar's unbeatable 365-night trial. And with our unheard-of forever warranty, you know everything's going to be all right. Right now, you can save big with 33% off everything and as little as $34 a month in free shipping. But a deal this sweet won't last. Go to Nectarsleep.com now. Last chance for savings. Introducing the ultimate experience for all, the electric XP trike. We took our award-winning XP series e-bikes and added a bigger battery, hydraulic brakes, and a third wheel to create the industry's first fully foldable and fully assembled electric tricycle. The ride is designed to move you forward into the next adventure with a dual-drive rear hub motor, no matter your mobility, balance, or age. Learn more at electricebikes.com and come ride with us. It's everywhere. 
Blue is the color of summer, the color of champions. A new era of tennis is here, and if you haven't felt the power of blue yet, you're about to. The U.S. Open continues through September 10th on ESPN. Look, we're looking at the documentary right there. My documentary? you got two Hollywood actors in Wrexham. They're making this a place you want to come play. It's the biggest sport in the world. The club does mean that much to people. This is bigger than meeting the king. It's more than football. Wrexham is the most special gift I've ever had in my life. FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new season premiere September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Israel Adesanya, he is the best middleweight on planet Earth. I want the title. Let's do this. College football on ESPN Plus. You get the defending champs, Boomer Sooner, the Horn Frogs, Death Valley, the Swamp. It's the best teams and the biggest conferences. Can you believe this? And so much college football action from across the country. So sign up now at ESPNPlus.com. On behalf of Major League Baseball, congratulations. Three for three and a great night. And I'm told the first New York Yankee to ever win this award. So you've had a great career, and this is just another great moment. You won three World Series rings, the rookie of the year, and now this. You ever think you're... Pull your head back in from the window and listen to the show with no name on the buzz. <laughs> I think that's when you, you sit down and reflect on your career. So I don't ever sit around and say, well, we've accomplished this. You know, my parents always talked about enjoying the ride, right? Enjoy the moment. I had a real tough time enjoying the moment because I just thought about what's next. And uh, it's been that way for as long as I can remember. What's next? He was just never satisfied. There was a relentlessness about him. I, I got to go here. There's a game tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happened. To me, that, that's leadership more than anything rah-rah. When you see that, it's like, whoa, I better be ready, too. Derek, now you guys haven't played your best baseball. You now go into the second half of the season. Can you guys put it together and reclaim what you guys have established over the past couple of years? Well, most definitely. I think you got to keep things in perspective. Winning is not easy. And we may have made it look easy three of the last four years, but it's very difficult to do. Every team's gunning for us. We knew we were good, and we knew we had to get to the postseason. But it gets hard, man. It gets hard. A three-peat, no, no question, all the way to the new millennium. A three-peat? Yes, three-peat. Pretty sure about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about it. I'm pretty confident about that. There's inherent pressure if you are the Yankees. And every year, the expectation is you have to win the World Series or else you're a bust. And I think that wore on the players over time. There's no other place in the country like New York. The amount of scrutiny the expectations that the fans have is different from anywhere else and much tougher. I love the Yankees. Born and raised with the Yankees. I grew up in New York and I understood we, we were spoiled. I mean, we just expect to win. You know, is, is that fair to put that kind of, you know, expectation on them? I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, we pay good bucks to come down to see the game and uh, see the team win. As much as they want to see you do well when you're not doing well, they're on your back harder than ever. And they're going to make sure they, wherever you at, somebody there is going to be like, what, are you going to get out of the slump? Or, you know what I mean, what's going on? The thing with New Yorkers is they pay attention. Every game, they watch every game. They're knowledgeable. So you hear about it. Make your out of here. Get out of here. Rings, rings, rings. Okay. We're greedy. We're entitled. And if there's a good player, we want him. How about you going to get it? Great time. Race. Coming on Canseco, shading his eyes from the sun, battling it, and the ball drops. It just seemed like when September came around, we just struggled. We couldn't find a way to win games. It was just we just a team effort of like just things weren't going our way. Here comes the relay throw. He is gonna be safe at home. Oh, he's out. 
The throw to third gets away. Huff throws, and he is out. They're both out at home. Unbelievable sequence. They limp across the finish line, and they barely make the playoffs. And in fact, the day that they qualified for the playoffs, they were in Baltimore, and they lost the one-sided game. Makes the catch on the track. So in an odd juxtaposition of fortunes, Baltimore beats the devil out of the Yankees, and the Yankees clinch the Eastern Division. And I remember vividly, uh, we go in the locker room, you know, they bring out, you know, some champagne and stuff and things, and they're just sitting there, and nobody went and got a champagne bottle or nothing. <laughs> we didn't know what to do. You know, a lot of teams love to be in our position, you know, this, our goal is to win the World Series, so, um, you know, we're on our way. They should be embarrassed to be in a playoff. Oh, they should be no. embarrassed to pop pork last week. The Yankees ended the season in disaster, and Oakland had a great month of September. Oakland has this great collection of young players, and they were a legitimate threat to this aging Yankee team. And then we go to game five. If you guys should win tonight, it could be the end of the Yankees' dynasty. Do you have any thoughts on you guys um, putting them away like that? No, I don't, I don't mind at all. I mean, they've, they've won enough times, so... It's time for some other people to have some uh, some glory here. And this is on the big screen in the ballpark in Oakland as the Yankees are taking batting practice. He really woke up the, the monster again. You can't talk when you're still playing. Talk after you beat him. We love that kind of stuff. And when we heard things like that, it like fed us. He's got to believe it. It's, it's over for us, right? They're, they're the up-and-coming young team, and it's their time. But I'll be honest, it didn't rub us the right way. You know, say, like, hey man, you still got to beat us. Chuck Knobloch. And he begins with a line drive base hit. Now Derek Jeter. Letter is going. And it's taken ball four inside. High chopper off the plate. Mahata has no throw. Uh, it was just kind of funny. We just went out there and played and, uh, and tried to win that game and, and keep the dynasty going. Hit in the air. A way back. It is off the wall. Three run double by Tino Martinez. They just need to take a big, deep breath. It is six Chavez's comments was just that little extra piece that reminded the Yankees that, hey, we're still the king on this block until somebody has the ability to knock us off. Now Eric Chavez. This is popped up to first. Tino in foul territory. Tino makes the catch. Ball game over. Yankees win. This is really gratifying. I mean, it was tough. It was tough. I mean, people had written us off early on. You know, at the end of the season, we struggled a little bit. But bottom line is we have to be beat on the field. And we came out and we played well. Were guys talking about what Eric Chavez said? Yeah. Did you see? Yeah. What was your reaction? Well, I mean, he obviously he's had a good series. But the bottom line is you got to do it on the field. Welcome to game one of the league championship series. Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, a big story here. What about the dynamic of playing against a guy who is perhaps your best friend? Is that difficult? Not at all. I mean, you know, I don't look at it as I'm playing against Alex because uh, it's the New York Yankees against the Seattle Mariners. Every time that the Mariners and the Yankees would play, beat writers like myself, we'd be writing stories about it. You know, these two guys hanging out together, they had so much in common. You basically have everything the same so it's been described except for he has three rings how much does that bother you and how badly do you want one well i wouldn't say it bothers me it's something that drives me to uh to keep working hard and keep uh trying to escalate my game every year they had a common bond between them as young athletic very talented baseball players being almost faces of their franchise at such early ages. We're going out there, we're trying to beat them, and uh, you know, we're friends off the field, but on the field, we're, we're big rivals. Derek's been in a great position to be playing with a great uh, franchise and great timing, and uh, he's been a, a catalyst of that team. So hopefully uh, one year I can do the same for mine, but it's not like I'm bitter or anything. <laughs> he is a star, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It was well known in baseball that Alex was a better player. This ball is drilled to yeah. deep left for a Rodriguez home run. But Derek Jeter wanted to be a Yankee. Alex Rodriguez wanted to be a star. And Seattle will take game one. There was this thing about Alex being marooned up in Seattle, whereas Derek became the star that Alex had always wanted to be. Skies won the deep right. For Derek, it was pretty much established this guy is a generational player. 
He was so important to the Yankee brand, to the game of baseball. A rocket, Roger Clemens on the mound. No, that wasn't even close. About chest high, like I said, these days it might have been a strike even. My stuff was electric that night, and I was turning it loose. Here's the one, two. Hey, struck him out swinging. It's puzzling how I can have great control and uh, constantly messed up and in somebody's face. He did a great job, and uh, that other stuff I'm a little pissed off about, but I'll get over it. Swung on, sky to center field, backing up his count, still back, and that ball is gone! See ya! A three-run home run for Derek Jeter! In baseball, it's important to play together. The Yankees win! You know, Derek always understood that. Uh, Alex wanted to be... He wanted to stand out. There is a certain mentality that you have to have to be a champion. You watch Derek play, that will, they're different. Champions are different. Big hurt? It's looking big time. Once I turn 40. Less energy? Less drive? Yeah, yeah that's right. Hey, it's not your fault. After 40, men's testosterone level drops, making it harder to stay in shape. You obviously did something about it. Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea is the unique man-boosting formula powered by testosterone, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to boost free testosterone to help you feel stronger, leaner, with more muscle and drive. It's number one doctor recommended and number one at GNC and Walmart. Tax bonus 242424. How do we get Nugenics? Guys, don't take my word for it. Just send a text. And remember, she'll like it too. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics now. Tax bonus 242424. Text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, our newest, most powerful fat incinerator ever, absolutely free. Give us next level superstars. This is Premier Baseball. Rockies, Giants, and NL West Battle on Sunday Night Baseball. Are your headlights cloudy and oxidized, making your car look bad? Are they underperforming when you need them most? Cerakote's Headlight Restoration Kit restores weathered headlights back to like new and keeps them that way for life. Stop wasting your time with solutions that don't last. Cerakote's kit includes everything you need to go from this to this. Simply wipe away oxidation, give them a light sanding, and apply the ceramic coating. That's it. The true ceramic technology does the rest. They'll restore clarity, look great, and are guaranteed to last. Available at Walmart and Amazon. I got this $1,000 camera for only $41 on DealDash. DealDash.com. Online auctions since 2009. This PlayStation 5 sold for only 50 cents. This iPad Pro sold for less than $34. And this Nintendo Switch sold for less than $20. I got this KitchenAid stand mixer for only $56. I got this barbecue smoker for $26. And shipping is always free. Go to DealDash.com right now and see how much you can save. Divided. I lived in Manhattan, right? My entire career. 
If we lost, I don't think I would have stayed in Manhattan, you know, because that was all anyone talked about. Get in a cab, people are yelling at you, and you better not lose, and Met fans, you're gonna lose, and anywhere you went, that's all anyone wanted to talk about. And I loved it, you know? Everybody's coming to watch. The reigning world champion striving for a three-piece. They had an opportunity for history, but there's also the inherent pressure of being in New York in front of the massive media, and you have a Mets team that's cocky. And we had to win that one. And I think the Mets were coming in with a, a lot of confidence. I remember Benny Agbayani said they were going to beat us in five games. And then once again, you're like, damn, give us some respect, you know what I mean? No score, sixth inning, two out, and it's Zeal. of being prepared is thinking about every possible scenario before it could happen. I saw that Timo wasn't running. And I tried to one-hop it to Jorge because I didn't want to get an in-between hop. And then, uh, you know, it was a perfect throw. It's two runs. All of a sudden, it turns into no runs. That was a huge play. You know, great players do things differently than, than other players. And it's these plays during the course of the game like that that are big-time momentum shifters. 3-3 three, three in the 12th. This coming Left field. Base hit. Yankees win game one. Well, one of the stories within this Subway series is Roger Clemens having to face again Mike Piazza. We beamed on July 8th. And Clemens 0-1. And hit him. Piazza goes down. He's on his back. When you look at the history, during the regular season, Piazza was hitting home run after home run off of Clemens. He was wearing Clemens out. And according to the school of pitching that, that he comes from, Piazza was due for a bow tie. I thought it was definitely intentional. Roger Clemens is a great pitcher, but I really can't say I have respect for him right now. Would you be surprised if he ran one inside on him here in the first inning? If I were Clemens, that's exactly what I would do. There was so much buildup to that at-bat, Roger facing him again. The barrel of the bat comes back at Roger Clements, and he fires the bat back toward Piazza, who is going down the first baseline. That is all Roger Clements there. And everything happened so quickly. And next thing you know, Piazza and adventures are coming. I didn't know what happened, right? And then you see it afterwards, and you see Rocket say he thought it was the ball. My gosh, that's a blatant act. Foolish, foolish. I reacted immediately because I thought it was the ball. Right then when I knew I had his bat, I whistled it on the on deck circle. He was 15 feet from me. If I wanted to throw the bat at him, I'd throw the bat at him. Throws a jagged, sharp piece of wood. And I went out, you know, and said, what, what is your problem? I kept asking, what is your problem? So I don't... He didn't say anything. If he would have said something, maybe it would have been a little different. I don't know. I don't think he would actually... Quiet, you numbskull. I'm broadcasting. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? 1037 The Buzz. Game over. Yankees win the first two games of the 2000 World Series. My buddy had a Halloween party at his bar. He wanted me to be one of the judges for the costumes. Pull up in a limousine. This dude in a Piazza uniform, and he had a ball stuck to his helmet, and he had a bat going through him. And I walked straight line, beeline right at him, and I got right close to him. He was like all nervous. And I leaned in. I said, "Hey, you're gonna win tonight." Well, it is game three here tonight at Shea Stadium. I remember going to Shea Stadium, and uh, the clubhouse furniture was so bad. And Mr. Steinbrenner bought our furniture from Yankee Stadium and put it in the clubhouse there because he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. He wanted his players to be comfortable. 
tremendous pressure from George. Uh, he took a, a really active role, probably more active than any other series we had. He was very involved in everything. You've got the championship of New York City on the line. You can't be second in New York City. People who work for the Yankees will tell you back then in 2000, they felt how important this was. Much more important to the Yankees than for the Mets. And not to say it wasn't important for the Mets, but it was everything for the New York Yankees and George Steinbrenner. So there's a lot of pressure. The Yankees leading two games to none, a 2-2 score. Then the Yankees lose a game to the Mets. Now there's really pressure. For us, there wasn't a hatred of the Mets. They were just, how we looked at it was just the Mets, right? kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is you? This is the World Series. This is the World Series. This is what you got. This is what you guys are doing. They actually had the Baja men on the field <laughs> dancing and singing the song. Who let the dogs out? You know, and they're hooping it up. And you know, To me, the answer was perfect. It was Derek Jeter. The next game, Knobloch's not in the lineup, so Jeter is now the leadoff hitter. So Derek Jeter moves into the leadoff spot. As the series drama continues, here we go. First pitch time, 8.31. And Jeter swings into high drive to left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Derek Jeter starts in with a bang. Derek Jeter hits the first pitch of the ball game. And on the first pitch of the game, the Yankees take a one-nothing lead. I looked for one pitch in my career, fastball right down the middle. That's it. That's what I look for, and I adjust off of that. As soon as I see it, I swing. That's what I was looking for. First pitch of a World Series game is essentially a photo op. Flash bulbs are going off. Jeter was having none of that. This was not a photo op. This was a pitch to be hit. And as soon as he hit that ball, we just jumped out of the dugout, and we thought at that point, the series is over. That was just, that took the wind out of their sail, we thought. It took the wind out of Shea Stadium. For Derek Jeter, home run number one in World Series play, 2-0 count. And that one jammed a little bit, still hit it hard. Perez back. They're not going to get it. A hop off the top of the wall. He's thinking three, and the second Yankee triple of the game. Well, with Alex Rodriguez looking on, Jeter is putting on quite a show. The guy's, he's a bad <laughs> Yankees win game four. I'm sure I'll hear something about that. It's just the Mets. <laughs> it was, though. It was just the Mets, you know? It was just the Mets. <laughs> yeah. Yankees one win away from their third consecutive world title. That's well hit in the left field by Tyler. We win him by two runs. Derek came to me and said, Mo, make sure, you know, that uh, no one on base for Piazza as the third guy. Sure enough, I walked this guy. It's on KABC Little Rock. Then Piazza comes down to Piazza. And what a dramatic ending. The best relief pitcher probably in the history of baseball. And the best hitting catcher in the history of baseball. I don't want him to beat me to right field. Okay, so I just wanted to stay in. The ball wasn't in enough. It would have pulled it. It would have been 20 rows up. That was our blessing that uh, he didn't pull the ball. Ball game over. World Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. If you think we got attention prior to 2000, we, we became, I think, a traveling circus. People want to be around winners. I think people respected how we went about doing it. You know, we weren't cocky. Like, we didn't have a group of cocky players. 
with a group of confident players. You win 96, he wins Rookie of the Year. You know, you got 98, probably the best team ever. You know, 99, we do it again. You get to 2000, you know, winning in New York. You have a dynasty now, you know, and the way Derek has performed every year in the playoffs and the World Series, it just puts them at another level. 2000, I'm not sure Derek was at a higher point in his career. MVP of the World Series, he's the man right now. He never looked at himself as a superstar, but in my opinion, that's what started the snowball effect of him being like, quote unquote, that A-list, uh, this dude can walk on water type of mentality. There really was a battle for who was gonna be the face of the sport. So there were all these players that looked like they were gonna be the guy. You got Bonds and Griffey, then you've got A-Rod. But Yankees win four World Series, and history changes and suddenly who's at the center of that is Derek. Camera's rolling, guys, nice and steady. And you're playing, guys, you're playing. Ready, Don, and action. Gee, <laughs> this might help you get laid. Derek was the national sort of American baseball player in terms of that star power. Hey, look, it's Derek here! I get that all the time. He just had an appeal across, you know, all kinds of demographics. So it was more than just being a great player. I don't think you ever sit down and say, I'm a star. You know what I mean? It just sounds weird, you know? Because I don't know any different. This is just who I am. I don't think I, I've changed at all. We love our house. The outdoor space is great, but we do have invasive weeds. I think we got in the house. I think you're right. Stay away from my family! Why are you so strong? At least Geico makes bundling my home and car insurance easy. We save so much. You want me to get the spray stuff? Get the spray stuff. For bundling made easy, go to Geico.com. Take a load off this Labor Day and hop on electric e-bike. Taking a joyride after a long day of work has never been easier. A twist grip throttle and five levels of pedal assist provide top-notch performance and a whole lot of fun for as low as $7.99. This Labor Day, get up to $177 in free accessories with any e-bike purchase while supplies last. Visit electricebikes.com and come ride with us. Old mattress keeping you up and letting you down? Nectar's Labor Day sale is delivering our sweetest deal ever right to your door. So you can try out an award-winning Nectar mattress in your home today. That's right. Sleep on it. Risk-free for a full year with Nectar's unbeatable 365-night try. And with our unheard-of forever warranty, you know everything's going to be all right. Right now, you can save big with 33% off everything and as little as $34 a month in free shipping. But a deal this sweet won't last. Go to Nectarsleep.com now. Last chance for savings. This is a story that takes place every Saturday. There's magic rocks, wild animals, techno, and rivalries that go back decades. This story has everything. Want to hear it? Is your car's plastic trim faded and milky? Don't worry. Cerakote's ceramic trim coat restores oxidized trim effortlessly. Just wipe it on. It's guaranteed for 200 washes. Even dust won't stick to it. Keep your car looking professional. It's the number one selling ceramic trim coating on the market. Selling your oxidized, faded trim car? Detailed cars sell for way more than faded cars. Read the thousands of five-star reviews for yourself. Available now at Walmart. Meet Away's iconic suitcases. Redesigned. With even more traveler-friendly features. In new colors, inspired by the world. Designed to stand out. Blend in. And look good everywhere you go. More color, more luggage, more travel. Away. Shop at awaytravel.com. The rain.
Rangers and Alex Rodriguez will officially announce his signing with Texas. The terms, are you sitting down? Ten years, $252 million, making him by far the highest paid player in the history of team sports. What are you going to do with all the money? <laughs> we managed to convince Esquire magazine that this would be a good story. We had a chance not just to write about the player, but also about an agent, Scott Boris, who at that time kind of considered the devil. Got to sit down with A-Rod after the deal was signed, and that was in Miami. And I remember we took in a, a Heat game. Welcome back to Miami, where I am with one of the Heat's number one fans, Alex Rodriguez, who dominated the news of baseball offseason this year. What are your thoughts about the move from Seattle to Texas? Well, I'm excited about it. The meat of the Alex part of the article was based on that couple-hour sit-down. GQ had a kid assigned to go to the winter meetings and do a story on A-Rod. And I ran into the guy and said, I'm going to destroy you. You know, we're competing on the same story. Forget, don't even bother. I think the GQ guy was doing a story about the winter meetings. No, they're doing a front of the book thing about you, and he's not even a writer. He's a fact checker who's getting a shot. I went in there trying to figure out, as I did with every movie star or every athlete, who is this person? I wasn't thinking, hey, maybe he'll say something. <laughs> That'll piss Derek Jeter off. According to the papers, you know, there's this great friendship rivalry between you guys. No, there's not a rivalry at all. No, it's in the nicest sense. Not even. I, I mean, rivalry... Like, our, ours is such a, like a brotherhood that we, there is absolutely no rivalry there. And it's weird because usually, even when my brother have a little rivalry, but yeah. Derek... I'm, I'm his biggest fan, and I think it's vice versa. Would you rate Jeter's character? I think he's a friend now. I think the last, you know, as we keep so cool. yeah, I love yeah. him. Love him. His character among players. How would you rate that? Derek. Yeah. He's reserved, quiet. Jeter's been blessed with great talent around him, so he's never had to leave. But he doesn't have to. He can just go and play and have fun and, and hit second. I mean, uh, you know, hitting second is, is totally different than hitting third or fourth in a lineup because. You go into New York trying to stop Bernie and, and, and O'Neal and everybody. You never say, don't let Derek beat me. That's never your concern. You want to keep Derek off the bases and all that. I knew, when, especially when I transcribed the tapes, that the, the, those quotes were gold. Those comments bothered me because, um, like I said, I'm very, very loyal. You know, as a friend, I'm loyal. And... Um, I just looked at it as, I wouldn't have done it. And then it was the media, right? The constant, the hammer to the nail, you know what I mean? They just kept hammering it in. Um, it just became noise, which frustrated me. You know, it was just constant noise. So when that came out, I felt really bad about it. I saw the way it was playing out. The way that it was written, uh, I absolutely said exactly what I said. Again, I think it was a, a, a comment that I stand behind today. Um, it was a complete tsunami. It's one of the greatest teams ever. And to say that you don't have to focus about just one player, I think is totally fair. By the way, the same could be said about my team with the Seattle Mariners. I had Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner. And if somebody said that about me, I would be like, no, no <laughs> absolutely. You better not just worry about me. So immediately I called Derek and I said, hey, I'd love to go up to see you and talk to you. We sat in his couch, we spoke for about an hour or so. I apologized, said, look, I feel you guys have a tsunami. It's a great team that wasn't, you know, said to, to hurt you or penalize you or slight you in any way. I believed his apology. I really did. I thought he was very sincere in his apology. I said, hey, look, man, if someone asks you a question, you don't have to justify a contract. Now, I think if it was a standalone incident, hey, you move on, man, people make mistakes. But it's the second time it happened. And I said, you know, see if A-Rod wants to uh, join us for an interview. So he called in, and I start talking to you right away. So what did you think of Jeter's contract? And he goes, there's not one thing he does better than me. The Dan Patrick interview, you know, he was talking about comparison between me and him on the field. In my mind, like, you know, he, he got his contract. Do you just get up in the morning and figure out ways to make me crazy? Yeah!
1037 The Buzz. Statistics and things. My statistics never compared to Alex's statistics. You know, I'm not blind. I understand. You know what I'm saying? But we won. You can say whatever you want about me as a player. That's fine. But then it goes back to the trust and the loyalty. Just how the guy feels. He's not a true friend is how I felt. Because I wouldn't do it to a friend. Alex was genuinely upset. And then I said, you know, you think it might help? It's a spring training. If the magazine, I'll write a fax, the magazine will send it. Started Dear Derek and, and it said, uh, you're understandably upset. I want to make it clear that in the course of our conversation, Alex had a lot of uh, positive things to say about you. It's not his fault that, you know, we used what we used. So the writer of the article, Scott Rob, said he sent you a fax to the Yankees. Did you ever see this fax? <laughs> I never saw a fax. He sent it to, like, my personal fax machine I have in my locker. <laughs> you got to ask them that question, man. I don't recall, I don't remember getting a fax. Yeah, maybe, I, I, I really can't remember. I mean, at that point, I mean, what is, what is a fax going to, what is it going to do? There was a true brotherhood. I, I, I really think they genuinely cared about each other. And there's, that's always going to be there. I don't think they were n nearly as tight as they used to be. I think early on I was in that circle of trust. I mean, you have to be, right? If, if I'm sleeping at his apartment and he's sleeping at mine. I think that changed in where I said some things that he didn't like and that for him broke the trust. And I think from that moment on, it was never quite the same ever again. I think it's really not understanding the way things were. In many ways, I think my father leaving when I was 10, not getting that schooling at home, the hard knocks, uh, the tough love, it, it resulted in insecurity, some self-esteem issues. And as I got older, I realized that, you know what? All you got to do is be yourself. It tickled me, honestly. Because both those guys, God bless them, have lived, prospered, thrived, all, all that stuff. Hell, they're doing great. So am I. So, no, you know, no real harm done. No hard feelings. We're not talking about war or pandemic. It's the toy department. Sports. Is it fair to say that friendships between people also matter? The cost of a friendship, I guess, is kind of like where this this ended up happening. Does that have any value of course? It does. It does. It's a different scale. The fact that it, it hurt so deep felt like such a betrayal. And I imagine it wasn't just the personal thing, it was also a professional thing. It's the men I respect don't talk like that to the media about a colleague. If it's the kind of thing that Derek Jeter never managed to get over, that he just wrote Alex off as a friend. I think it says a lot about the nature of the friendship. We were young, and I was 26 years old. People make mistakes. I get it. They make mistakes. Uh, some mistakes bigger than others. What I expect of you, you should expect the same of me. I, I wouldn't treat you that way. And and once again, that's fine. I'm still going to be cordial, but but. You've crossed the line and I won't let you in again. To allow that opening, that gap, that space to come between Derek and I, that's on me. That's not on the writer. The writer's got a job to do. And if you give him an opening,